Two inner conflict resolution experts, Corinne Lawrence and Ali Ansel, invite you to join them for a deep and vulnerable conversation about values and how working with values transforms how we see the world. Through conflict resolution, self-inquiry, and practical spirituality, Corinne and Ali help bring clarity to the chaos of life and address why we feel so indecisive, disconnected, and confused about our purpose, and how we can use mindset, skill set, and process to do something about it. My name is Ali. This is Corinne. We are mediators, have been for a long time, and... Um, the topic today is cool because it's more external focused. We've been doing a lot more internal focused stuff lately, but the topic today is how to disagree and stay friends. So maybe, Kareen, maybe I'll share the example. And then we have a few steps to consider and things to follow, both from an internal perspective as we're processing and from an external, like how to engage with, let's say, a friend. Um, when we're, when someone says something or shows us in a way that we totally disagree with what they're, what they're, what they're doing or saying, let's say, for example, we're in a conversation with a friend and I'm saying friend because it's blanket term, but this could be like a coworker or a family member or whatever. And that could change things slightly, but it's really, um, yeah, cross, cross group. So say someone says to you, oh my gosh, I was watching TV TV last night and that actor, ex-actor, is such an idiot. Like, did you see what they did at, let's say, the Golden Globes? He really should have been kicked out immediately. So you hear that. And let's just say for this example, for the sake of things, you, you hear that and you actually, maybe your take on things is you happen to um, respect and admire what happened. You also watched that on TV and you respected and admired what that actor did and you thought it was heroic let's say so in that way they have an opinion that's very different than yours in this case so cream maybe i'll pass it to you to just describe a little bit about what internally we can be looking at and paying attention to so there's a moment where we have between what we hear and 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 figuring out where that lives in us and we take that moment uh to react and then observe that reaction so the reaction happens like that. You don't even have to try, right? Knee jerk. And so you, but the moment comes when you observe the reaction. So what was the immediate thought you had about, uh, and let's just dial into the event itself. So what, what it is that you watched on TV? Um, what were the emotions that you had? What did you do or say right away that you can observe? So we're going deeply into self-observation of the reaction. And then from that reaction, extrapolating, what are the values that were frustrated and satisfied by that actor's intentions or actions rather? Uh, and so we're loosely basing this on a bit of a, a little issue that happened. Um, I can't remember where it was, but like a little bit of Chris Rock and Will Smithy kind of. So just put that idea in your mind, um, but obviously neutral X, X humans. Um, so what were the values that were frustrated and satisfied? Like for me, maybe it would be, uh, my frustrated values were violence and public displays of conflict. And I can dial those down and like a little bit deeper, but that's my initial, like, whoa, that was not a, a, a friendly place for me. Um, a lack of kindness with words that were chosen. Um, and just like 
just uh, an unloving behavior uh, that's out on full display, but satisfied values might be around loyalty, around courage, integrity, and authenticity. So I've got these two things kind of like, I've got an internal conflict immediately right away too, that I just need to acknowledge. And of all of those things, as soon as I hear my friend say, what a dingbat, he should have just kept his mouth shut. Actually, I've got a strong reaction in there too. And my satisfied values of loyalty, courage, integrity, and authenticity are leading out front. Okay. We notice. Yeah. And then, so that's an internal piece that's going on. Communicating with people is so complicated because there's so many things happening at once. Um, if we're, if we're like sensitive enough to be in tune with those things, it can be really overwhelming. So someone says something and there could just be this rush of like all of these things happening internally. And so one thing I think to give ourselves permission to do is to not engage if we don't want to, or if we don't feel like we can, um, just because someone's inviting, like if they literally said, what did you think about that? Wasn't that so crazy? We don't have to engage in it. We can say whatever. Yeah, that was really complicated situation or whatever sort of thing to kind of disengage. So it, it, there's also this moment of deciding, you know, am I going to engage them in this conversation? And then let's say we do decide to engage them. I think one really helpful mindset piece when we are disagreeing with someone with the aim to stay in connection with them is to totally throw in the garbage the idea that we might be trying to convince them to change their minds and switch over to what we think. And with that comes modeling what we'd like from them. So trying to understand what their perspective actually is on this thing. Um, and that's that includes a bunch of different tips and skills around that, but it's this shifting of um, instead of being like th that person says, I, uh, that person last night on TV was such an idiot. They should have been kicked out. It can be, it can be um, uh, a, a gut reaction to, to do something like, um, um, really, didn't you think that was kind of brave or like, you know, I actually thought it was kind of brave or whatever. And then it's like, I throw my opinion in, the other person throws their opinion in on top of each other. And with neither of us is able to take the time to go deep into what's really going on there. So instead of, you know, that the person says, God, they were such an idiot. They should have been kicked out right away. I mean, another way that we could just switch it and try to understand their perspective without trying to convince them is... Oh, really? What makes you say that? That's it. One of the things that we'll learn sometimes in mediation training is uh, the ABCs of uh, mediation, which is, I was told by a teacher one time, if you forget everything else in this intensive training, remember this, the ABCs are always be curious. And that's really what it is. Whenever there's like the most contentious thing that's come up, it's always just like, oh, okay, tell me more about that. And so that will instantly shift from that person, if they are doing this, trying to like 
throw these big opinionated things at you and these big like positional things, as soon as we ask more, people are interesting. They often soften and they clarify their opinion and they go, you know, they, they might double down, who knows? And then we continue to get curious, but sometimes people are like, well, you know, and then they give more nuance to their response. And then we can, we can get curious about that. So the last thing I'll say about this point before maybe I throw it to Kareen to give something else, if you want, Kareen, is um, it can be hard to do this because it can sometimes feel like if we're asking them more about something we totally disagree with, it can feel like we're agreeing with them, but acknowledging someone else's opinion does not mean we're agreeing with it. I think if we all were able to hold that, we would change the world. <laughs> Being able to hear somebody else's opinion, knowing that saying, wow, okay, so you feel this way. So that's what this was about for you. Okay. Doesn't mean you've just been convinced. It just means you understand the person that you're speaking to a little bit better. Uh, so Kareen, what else do you want to say about this process of responding to this person? So the, the two things I would add is one of my favorite tricks, like, like adding to Allie's ABCs, my favorite thing when I don't know what to say, there's two of them actually, one is maybe, especially when I'm faced with like a really strong opinion, hmm, maybe, and that begs the next question to be like, maybe not, but I don't say that. I just say, maybe. And it's a really powerful, like it kind of stops people in the tracks. It's not confrontational, um, but it also shows that there is, that is an opinion and there is also room for other opinions, other perspectives, other takes on it. It is so profound and it like, I have used it over and over again and it never lets me down. Um, and the other one is about this, always be curious, which is like exactly like if you can remember nothing else. Uh, always be curious and, and you're really asking more sophisticated versions of your five-year-old self so what and how come why right but you don't want it to be like in inquisition kind of why do you think that but just oh why did you think that or where did you come up with that or, or what's the conclusion that you're drawing there what are the assumptions that you're making um I didn't see it that way um how did you get there or one of my favorites is I see this and I hear this. I don't understand how you got there. So help me understand that a little bit better. And the last thing that I'll add is always be curious about yourself. And that's also where we started, but don't forget yourself as this conversation is evolving. Notice your reactions, notice your hot flush, Notice your uh, reactions, the way you want to shut them down, the judgmental thoughts that might come up about yourself or the or them, and just notice. Well, that's curious. How interesting. Mm -hmm. It's good yeah. stuff. And you're just trying to slow it down a little bit. Like Ali said, you don't have to come rushing in. Like, how are we going to solve this by convincing you that you're wrong and I'm right? Uh, if that's your intention and your energy, then you've already lost the game and, and potentially compromise the relationship too. It's just not the point. This actually wasn't a note that I made beforehand, but I'm thinking about a conversation that I had with a friend that was really difficult for, I feel like I was like trying so hard to just be curious. And I wasn't, it was just, it felt so, um, 
their opinion was so strong that it just felt combative. It was like, I was getting beamed with things and I was just like, I'm not hitting back, but they're just, they just keep flinging. Like, what? And so in that situation, I ended up um, just pointing out what I noticed was happening and that that diffused things right away. But it's not very often that I do that. Like usually the modeling is enough, but sometimes saying something like, you know, I really want to talk about this with you. And I'm noticing like, I, I am having a hard time sharing what I think about this. And um, it doesn't feel like we're on the same side when we're talking about this piece. Like I would love to, I would love for the purpose of this conversation to be for us to learn about each other and to learn each other's perspectives. And instead, I feel like I'm trying to be convinced and um, pointing out something that is very often an unconscious thing can be um, confronting for the person. So it would be, be important, I think, that you feel like you can, there's like a good enough relationship there that you can maybe say something like that. But it can also stop the whole thing in their tracks. And they can be like, oh, I don't want to fight with you. I see now what was happening, but that's not actually what I wanted. And maybe they don't know how to do it a different way. But then at least there's a pause and you can show them. Okay, well, what I what maybe we could do instead is, and then going into this like curiosity space. So I just wanted to fling that out there before I forgot. Um, so the other piece here is because we're such a values-based little, you know, organization here, we're always looking for the values that are under the surface. So when we're hearing, when we're asking them all this stuff and being curious, what we're looking for are the values they're expressing. They may not be using values words right away, but by looking for them, and attempting to reflect their values back to them, they may actually feel quite heard in the process. You'll understand them better. And then the conversation, when we're talking about values, the conversation does naturally move from superficial criticizing of a situation to instead of sharing of perspectives. So if that person is saying like, God, what an idiot, they should have been kicked out right away of that event. Okay, yeah, what makes you say that? Well, they were just so incredibly rude and they just interrupted everything. And like what that's such a time, you know, an honored, an honored event that it should really be given way more respect than it did. Like you just don't do that in that event. And so I'm listening to that. And I'm going, okay, what are the values that they just said? So maybe one of them is respect. They they did use actually that word respect um, when they said, you know, the person didn't respect that that event. And maybe they said something about the person being rude. So maybe there's something about, um, it could be as simple as like politeness or kindness. And so then I could, I could say, okay, so for you, it was really, for you, it was about um, wanting to see way more kindness in that situation or like really wanting to factor in respect for the event as a whole and, and reflecting that back to them and just kind of seeing like, did I, is that what you're saying is important? And seeing, like, people will tell you right away if you got it. Yes, that's it. Or no, it's not really about that. It's about something else. But notice I'm I'm doing a couple things. I'm reflecting back what they said, but I'm also transitioning it from all the 
stuff they were saying they didn't like into what they would have wanted to see instead, which in brackets is called a reframe in mediation speak. Um, and, uh, and, and I'm bringing them, if they're ready to, I'm bringing them into what you would have liked to see. And these are the things that are important to you. And then when you share, eventually, you can do the same thing and, and model to them the values language. So what else do we have, Kareen? And any questions, by the way, or anything else you want to throw in the hat around how to respond to a situation like this? Yeah, just as an observation, and I'm, I kind of wish I had this, uh, the opportunity to hear this years ago, but I might not have been open to it. When the, for an engineering degree, part of the common talk, things that they teach you is uh, find out what's important, make simplifying assumptions and get the answer. And that's drilled into us so hard after years that, that just that thinking is uh, quite contraindicated for good friendships in this way that there isn't an answer that we don't get to decide what is important and we don't get to make simplifying assumptions on the stuff other people think is important and hand wave it away so yeah i i have learned by learning the opposite this stuff so thank you for for bringing it up absolutely yeah and it's so we're we're messaged to um, know the answer. We're somehow better people if we know instead of not knowing. And um, and so, how are you supposed to be curious when you're meant to act like you know everything? That's such a that's so that's so opposite. And then, yeah, it does kind of force us to just make these assumptions without a lot of information. Totally. May I also add that I think everyone wants to have just a simple answer. They want to feel one thing about the Will Smith Chris Rock thing. Or whatever and it was rather late in life that i decided i don't have to feel just one thing about everything but i think everyone tries to cut out all of the things that make that muddy and that's part of what adds to the conflict because we have that in ourselves as well yeah. <laughs> messy messy yeah. humans are messy and, and what you're bringing up here is this also really lovely space that um, values-based frameworks can also hold polarities. Like this can be true and this can be true. And this, this framework of you value this and I value this one is not right. We don't have to figure out who's got the better values. It doesn't, it just doesn't have to be that way. And there's a, a structure and a framework, a scaffolding for that, um, kind of thought to be held in your head that you can hold two polarizing pieces of information. You value this and I value that. And we need to come to an outcome perhaps. Um, and how do we do that in a way that honors both perspectives and gets us to uh, a final resolution that we can both agree to? Or like we're, we're really looking, when we're coming to conflict, we're looking for, we have different perspectives, but we have maybe a couple of similarities. Or our values are named something different or we describe them differently, but they're somehow reflecting each other's. And that has to be through values-based conversations where you're going into not just what do you think, but why do you think it? 
why, what is motivating you that um, those motivating values that are really driving that position, that, that decision that you've made, or that statement that you've shared as a, as a conclusion, why? And then when you both can move under the, under the waterline, as it, as it were, metaphorically into here's what is important to me, or here's what's being satisfied or frustrated around my values. There's more often more than enough that we can find some common ground to move us forward without compromising you or you. It's beautiful and and really elegant when it actually like when it has the time and the space to move in that direction. Yeah. Thanks, Karine. And we have a question in the chat. Wonderful. Thanks, Shelly. Um, I'm going to just um, mention the very last bit of our little list, and then let's look at this question. So maybe while I'm doing that, Kareen, read the question, and then I'll throw it to you first. Um, so the last bit on the list, you notice in this whole thing, we haven't yet said, like, your response. We haven't, in this imaginary example, told the person what we think. So... Um, I mean, you don't actually have to do that if you don't want to, if it doesn't feel safe to do that. But if this is a give and take, you know, relationship that allows for vulnerability, then it's a great idea to share your opinion on the thing. So um, we won't go into a ton of that, um, of how to do that, because it's quite like there's a bunch of aspects to that. Um, but, you know, if it feels okay, share your take on things. Um, let them know. In, you know, um, the way Kareen did say, um, I don't see it that way. Tell me more. And just by doing that, you're letting them know, I don't agree, but I still want to hear what you have to say. Um, and then when you are sharing, you know, um, using your your values words when you're letting them know. And and um, anyway, there's a bunch more to that. But I just wanted to hit that piece about, you know, making sure to give your give your side of the story, hopefully at a time when they're able to also hear it um, and not feel like they need you to change your mind at the end of the conversation, that sort of thing. So Shelly says, thank you so much, Shelly, for throwing your question in here. Yeah. I'm in the middle of a con of conflict between my teenage son and husband where hubby doesn't feel respected, but then he escalates it and says mean things to my son. How can I deal with it? Yeah. So this one's a really good one. And so like, I've got a teenager as well, and it is so like understandable and relatable. And what I'm going to just check with you, are you able, to, if I talk to you, are you able to respond um, either in the chat or on video or other, otherwise I can just talk either one Ah, in the chat? Perfect. Okay. So um, what I would say is you've got, can anyone actually, uh, Stephanie, Shelly, or Gavin, what is the shared value between uh, Shelly's husband and teenage son? What is that shared value? Family. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I would have thought both respect yeah. and autonomy and thought absolutely and Shelly you, you you can see it right off the bat that they're both wanting to be respected and uh, there's a challenge with your husband wanting respect and not wanting to give respect and this is a really important piece because he's actually going to be experiencing some internal conflict about this because respect is a high value for him 
And when he isn't being respectful he, through his behaviors, he is frustrating his own value of respect. So just that's one piece. So he's actually through his behavior, creating internal conflict. Um, and he's also expecting respect. And that also creates conflict because um, if you can't create a respectful environment to receive it because you're not giving it, it's going to be difficult. It's it's just going to be difficult. So this is really where you're looking for that common ground of you really want to be respected by our son. Yeah, I absolutely do. Yeah, you sure do. And what are the ways that you would see him respecting you? And he might hopefully be able to give you some examples of, I want him to uh, make eye contact. I want him to stay in the room instead of just walking away. I want to, these are the things. And so what he's giving you is uh, a shopping list or <laughs> a fast track of here's my expectations that are being disappointed around respectful behavior. And so all of those are, so what you want is him to make eye contact and stay with you in this conversation. And so then you can ask things like, how can you make it safe for our son to, to do that? How have you communicated those expectations to your son in a way that he can receive those, those expectations? Um, and then ask your son, what are the things that you would like around respect? How would you like to receive respect? What are the ways that you give respect? Um, do you respect your father? And do you respect your son? And what proof do they have that you respect them? Like there's a whole series of inquiry that you can go into. And, and I want to acknowledge, Shelly, that you are in a really tricky position as an interested party while mediating. It is a very difficult spot. Mm, yeah. Blended family. Uh-huh. Okay. Can you and read that he, out loud? Yeah, sorry. Yeah. We are a blended family, says Shelly. And so this isn't my husband's biological son. And this issue has been going on for a while. So we've got like a long cooked kind of conversation. Oh, there's no shortage of trickiness here, but what do you think about this sort of series of inquiry that is held for both? And what I'm kind of describing is um, what are the standards of behavior that each of them have? And what are the expectations for the other that each of them have? So if you want to sort of dial into that, those are two with two different people, two sources of inquiry but I would really start with standards of behavior. How do you demonstrate respect to that other person? And then if they can't stay there, cause that's a lot of um, unconscious behavior and people get kind of squirmy around that. Cause what you're doing is asking me, how am I contributing to this? And the answer is not at all. It's that, <laughs> right? Okay. So I can hold that as long as I can. And then what are the expectations for respect? I bet you do feel in the middle all the time. I can't even imagine that is a very tricky little position that you're in. And then there's, I think you need to do some exploration too of what uh, values are being frustrated for you. And just what, like, if you're like, are you being respected? Is your value of respect being, being frustrated? 
Um, there's probably a peace and a harmony value that's getting frustrated, your value around um, like love and kindness, compassion, because you can probably see both sides of perspectives and that's a hard space for you. And then where do you land in this? Like, what are your standards of behavior for you? And then what are the standards of behavior or expectations uh, that you have that are being met? Identify those and celebrate those. And what are the expectations for respect that you're not getting? And have you communicated those expectations in a way that's clear and um, even almost like a checklist, <laughs> you know, the clearer you can be with, uh, let's let's say the men in your family, the, the better chance they have of meeting those expectations. And especially if you can say them with kindness outside of the conflict. Mm-hmm. Conflict, yeah. I hate the conflict, says Shelly, and it causes my heavy night to fight. Yep. I can only imagine. And Allie's taken the, oh, oh she's put the eight steps of inquiry link. And it's a, a free PDF of uh, eight steps to go into self-inquiry that you can sort of walk yourself through. And you can even use them as like a, a bouncing off point for each of them as well, if they can inspire you in that way. I just want to point something out. This is so beautifully laid out, Kareen. So thanks for thanks for just jumping right into that example. I just want to point out, Shelly, you have so many different hats that you're wearing in this situation. Like sometimes you've got the mom hat on. I mean, you always have that on, but sometimes you're engaging as the mom. Sometimes you're engaging as the partner, like as the wife. And sometimes it sounds like you're putting on this mediator hat too. And you're engaging, trying to be neutral and and help these two people talk to each other so that's a really complex bunch of um skills that go along with each of those roles and so um just noticing when you're taking on each of those when you're putting on each of those hats um i'm not a mom so kareen jump in here about the nuances of this but my sense is that you don't always have to be the mediator of the situation. Like you're allowed to take that hat off and be like, you guys, you know, I trust that you have the ability to work this out. And so when they can, and if they can, giving it back to them too, and letting them know where you stand, depending on where you stand with this, you know, if you want to be able to have a clean, even if it's just conversation with your husband without talking about the strife that's going on so that you can build the connection with your husband without their, you know, without feeling tempted to put the mediator hat back on, you can assert that for yourself and ask for that. And, and, and when you just have the spouse hat on, then you can cultivate that relationship with your husband and you can put on the other hats later, but not trying to jam them all on your head all at once, all the time, um, uh, will, I think, allow for a little bit of room there. So Shelly says, sometimes I'm not sure who is more mature between the two of them, but mama bear always comes out. Yeah. So even that term, hey, mama bear, I'm going to make a guess that one of your values is like protectiveness, protection, something around, yeah, um, making sure that your your kid is okay, right? 
And so doing, it seems like a bit of self-inquiry, maybe you've done, I'm sure you've done a version of this already, Shelly, but taking a bit of time for yourself and doing some journaling or like talking through with a friend with a bit of that framework, use the eight steps of self-inquiry self if you want, and just see where you stand here and see if you can let these two people in your life know where you stand and give them the opportunity to respond to your needs and your expectations to make it a little bit easier on you while they're working through their relationship together. Can I just talk about what's great about conflict? <laughs> Please. Because <laughs> I know these things are prickly and crunchy and feel yucky. And I also want to talk about like just a sentence about why this is a really important thing to do and why it's actually like one of the most beautiful things that uh, you could give yourself. Um, because as you do this self-inquiry and stay in these uncomfortable conversations, you learn more about yourself. And if you make that a priority, then you can't lose, right? If you, if nothing else, I will learn something more about how I, or what I value, what frustrates my values and what satisfies my values. And maybe I've learned more about how to describe my values or how they show up or maybe I've added a new value that I wasn't aware is super high priority for me. If nothing else, the relationship with yourself is your top goal 100% of the time. The second piece is you can learn to trust yourself in navigating a tricky conversation. If you've got uh, if you're entering into this conversation from a values-based lens, like a values agenda, uh, you're not uh, you're practicing these re these really good skills, and you learn more about the values of either your friend, or your husband, or your kid, um, or any other person that you're that you're invested in. And so, if you stay with it, and as Ali has said all the way through, like know when to go in and how to get out safely in a way that's not jeopardizing the relationship, but is in fact an investment in the relationship, um, but always a secondary relationship investment because the first investment is with yourself. Sounds like just fun. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining Corrine and Ali on a journey to create a decisive, connected, and meaningful life. You can start your values journey for free with our values assessment quiz, which will help you choose what values are most present in your life right now. Or if you're struggling with something and feel a values-based lens from a couple of inner conflict resolution experts may offer some useful insights, you can email us at connect at values-baseliving.com with your question. We might even create a podcast for you around that topic. Click the link in the show notes for more details.